for listening to the Folk Podcast, episode 28. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. Hello. My name is Jacob, and welcome to episode 28 of the Folk Podcast. It's finally as old as Ian. Look at that. Or Ian might be 29. I can't remember. But anyways, we're here. We've been filming for a while. I'm excited. We have over 40,000 downloads on Podbean, which considering almost no one on Podbean actually, like no one uses Podbean, it's pretty darn good. So I'm pretty excited. So welcome back, and thank you for listening. Today, I guess in a way we're interviewing Ian, kind of, because he just did a multi-hundred-mile, thousand-mile tour across America, visiting various heathens um, in various states, including myself, uh, where we filmed the last video. So that's kind of where we got the topic for today, which is wandering and the importance of travel, at least, I mean, very specifically for people that follow Odin. Traveling is so important. And uh, all of us in here have made a, a grand journey uh, for the faith and for the community. So it's something we can all add to. Um, so uh, jumping right into it, Ian, tell us about your journeys across America. All right, yeah. So basically what I ended up doing was, um, it was a two week time period of me just basically living out of my car for a certain degree and staying in various locations with certain people from the community. Um, like Jacob said, I was at his place like a hobo for a few days, um, stole his cat's love and affection. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a, in a way to make up for uh, various gatherings that I had planned on going to over the Yule holiday. Um, and it was just, you know, one thing after another with life just kind of kept preventing me from going. And I, you know, I missed being around the folk, missed being around people that, you know, I have, I've, I've formed very deep connections with and, and et cetera. So I managed to <clears throat> finally get some time and I, yeah, I just packed up and, and left. And it turned out, I've kind of been doing some of the rough math. I haven't figured out the exact mileage, but I drove over 5,000 miles in total over the span of two weeks. Um, yeah, I went all the way eastward uh, as far as Virginia, um, and yeah, that, that was my first stop. It was a 28-hour drive from where I'm at in New Mexico, and it was, uh, I, I started to think that Odin went slightly mad, not only just because he gained all the knowledge from the Well of Mimir, but also because of the amount of wandering that he did, because by the end of that portion of my drive, I was going slightly insane um so next to you i would say baker and chris are probably the next most traveled people at least by car i think uh tier caleb has everyone beat as far as like across the country but he flies so it's not as not as severe uh baker you just made your journey to wisconsin as well um that was i think the longest drive you've done to uh to go to a gathering as well how was that for you it was really long. Um, I think mileage-wise, it was just shy of 900 miles um, one way. I don't remember exactly. I know it was like 800 and some odd, but I just say 900 because I cannot remember. Um, and I know my just my experience of it, the uh, the drive back was so much worse than the drive up there. And because it was supposed to be 13 and a half or 14 hours, and it was a 17 and a half hour drive home because of weather in Indiana. So it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a wonderful trip and experience up there and I wouldn't trade it. And that's kind of what I wanted to move to shirt about because it's been a while since you made the journey now. So it's not as fresh in your mind about going from Texas to Kentucky. Um, so, you know, do you even think about like the long drive when looking back at that day or do you just focus on those, you know, three days that you got to spend with everybody? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a mixture of both the long drive, but mostly I, I think about, you know, the three days that we spent with everyone, but working in the logging woods, you know, around Southeast Texas, Southwest Louisiana, there was one time we were out of uh, Kinder, Louisiana, and from where I live, that's a three and a half hour drive to work and then three and a half hours back. So, you know, I travel a lot in vehicles just to get to my job sometimes. Well, and you just live in Texas. So like, what's the saying in Texas? Everything's four hours away or something like that? Uh, I mean, everything's uh, bigger in Texas. You know, Texas miles different than a, a regular mile in America. Ian knows about those Texas miles. 
Yeah, unfortunately, that's I specifically did not travel too far into Texas on this drive because I have yeah, where I've driven through Texas, it was 13 hours just across that state alone. <laughs> Never again. Well, I uh, I won't forget the uh, last year at some point I did an online like Zoom moot for Also True UK. They just brought me in as like a speaker and someone that you know everyone could talk to, which was a really cool experience. Um, there was a really good group of guys, and it was great listening to all their British accents. Um, but one of the things they were so baffled about this was I think right before or right after the fall gathering, um, they were talking about how they were baffled by the fact that you know people would drive 18 hours to come to these gatherings because 18 hours is the whole of the UK. And so they were like, we can't get people to drive an hour. And I'm like, well, it takes me an hour. I mean, Kentucky, um, basically where I live is kind of in the center. And so if you want to go anywhere but the city I live in, it's about an hour to everywhere. And so that's pretty common. And I think anyone that lives in the, you know, the plain state area, you know, I grew up in Ohio. I mean, you're just kind of used to it. And not only are you used to it, you're used to the boringness. Um, the majority, there are absolutely beautiful places here in the United States for anyone who has not been here, but there's also 90% of flatness. It is flat here. And especially the center of the country is awful to drive through. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, I think that's why we, uh, we are a big fan of podcasts and audiobooks is because it gets us through the, gets us through the journey. Oh yeah, definitely. Like for my part of the first good 14 hours of my initial drive when I went to Virginia, was through the little bit of New Mexico that I had to drive through, which is just flat plains. Um, the bit of Texas that I drove through is all like cattle ranches and again, more flat rolling plains. And I didn't start really hitting anything as far as elevation change and, and you know scenery change until I hit Tennessee. Uh, and I started getting some good, you know, Rocky Hills and trees, which I was, you know, it made the drive a lot better. Um, yeah, it, it was surprisingly, I, I only listened to, like you were saying, audiobooks and podcasts. I only listened to a little bit on my initial part of my drive. And for the most part, I honestly just sat with my own thoughts. Not quite in silence, but I mean, you know, every now and then I'd put like some music on or I'd like listen to an audiobook or be up on with somebody for a little bit. But for the most part, I was just in my own my own headspace and thinking about a lot of things which is probably why i went slightly insane on that drive um but it was it for me it was a good experience and a good way to just kind of let all my thoughts run free and run wild and then i started you know diving down my own little my own uh made rabbit holes on theories on things and about the gods and you know all of this just tons of different things that started popping into my head. I was just like, oh, well, let me let me pursue this little idea that has now popped into my head. Or like, I would see something that would kind of like inspire me to start thinking about something else. And yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I know in the current state of things, like traveling like that is, is difficult. So I, but I would suggest if you're able to, to do something like that, even, you know, not necessarily for two weeks, but even to go someplace um, for like a national forest or something like that, uh, because on my way back, when uh, everything was said and done, I ended up somehow in the Ozarks, and I didn't even realize it. Like my GPS, instead of taking me back through Tennessee, like it, like I thought it would, I ended up going up through Indiana and in Missouri, and ended up in a national forest in the Ozarks, and it was absolutely amazing. No people whatsoever. I ended up by a lake, um, and just was able to enjoy nature for what it was untouched you know the no light pollution except for my car but you know when i turned it off like the sky was lit up with the stars and everything like that like it was absolutely amazing i i haven't seen that many deer in one collective spot in a very long time um yeah it was just it definitely did something for my soul and my my mental sanity of being in a, a dry dusty plains area for sure well, you know, to, you know, bring it to the paganism aspect, because I, I think we're 10 minutes in and we haven't really brought that up. But the reason we're talking about this is because, I mean, if you read, if you've read the Havamal, I mean, shoot, Jackson Crawford's uh, edition is called the Wanderers Havamal for a reason. It's really advice for wanderers. A lot of the advice can pertain to people on the road and people traveling. Um, and we actually see this in many of the deities. I'm actually doing research for my Thor video right now, uh, doing a deep dive on him. And he's actually quite the wanderer too. In fact, I would argue that there's more written stories about 
about Thor wandering than there are actually of Odin wandering. Um, and that's also because Thor is in seven of the 15 God stories in the Poetic Edda. So he's got a lot of stories, but almost all of them involve him traveling. Shoot, even like Locusena, which mentions him. They're like, well, Loki, you better shut up because Thor will be back soon. So it's like Thor is always out traveling. And so I think, you know, there, there are obviously deities that have you know, stay within Asgard. I know in Locusena, Bragi is, you know, uh, you know, attacked by Loki in a way by saying that all he does is sit in Asgard, you know, and drink and play music. He never fights and things like that. So there's obviously gods that do stay in one spot in the mythology. Uh, but this aspect of wandering really takes over many of the poetic out of stories is that you have to travel um, to explore the world. Like you really aren't going to be able to broaden your horizons from one spot. And this is something I've always been critical of as growing up in a small town myself. Um, you know, it's not the smallest town in the world. Like uh, my hometown was 20,000 people, um, just enough. But I would argue the worst kind of small town because it had just enough to satisfy you. You know, there was a couple restaurants. There was one Chinese place, one Mexican place, you know, like one Mediterranean restaurant. Uh, you know, we had a Walmart, we had a Kroger and we had a GameStop. So like, why would you need to leave? And I feel like that's the problem is that I still know so many people and I know each of us in here and probably each of everyone listening knows people in our hometowns that have not left. And it's like, and you know their future. You look at them and it's like, I know what's going to happen to you for the next 60 years because you have not left this place. Uh, and it's like, some people are perfectly fine and perfectly content doing that. And even in the Wanderers, you know, in the Have Them All, it talks about how like some pe people are usually happier that are more ignorant to the world and, and are less traveled. Um, but, you know, really to expand your horizons and expand your mind, the best thing you can do is travel, experience new people, experience new cultures, new places, um, and see, uh, see different and more beautiful things. Um, so I think it's a really important aspect, uh, maybe not for everyone in paganism uh, and heathenry, but I think especially for people that are following Odin and maybe even Thor, um, I think it's a really important thing that should not be overlooked. Yeah, for, for sure. Like I, I haven't felt that close to Odin in a very long time. Um, I was definitely more of a, um, an Odin vibe type of travel because in the end I was going to you know be around people that were part of the faith of various you know experiences and things like that and i i learned a lot just from that little bit of travel I learned a lot about myself learned a lot about like my own personal limits and 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 etc and it was just yeah it was it was an experience that's for sure and i definitely learned a lot from it um yeah i definitely say mine was definitely an odin-esque type of wandering yeah, I, I can definitely see that, Ian, and like what you were saying, Jacob, about Thor. Uh, you know, he's always Thor seems to me like an adventure. You know, like like if you played D and D or like Skyrim or, or something like that, where you you start in this one area and then you leave and then you come back. Or you, you that's that's what he does. He goes out and he, he seeks out adventures or he travels, but he always comes back home. And that's kind of how I relate to Thor a little bit in my personal life. Like I was saying with, with logging, uh, being a logger, I've traveled all over East Texas, Southwest Louisiana. I, I know so many different back roads that lead to another back roads. Like uh, one year for the hurricane, whenever we, we uh, were going to evacuate, uh, me and my dad, we left and we never once hit any of the major highways. We went from County Road to County Road, County Road, got to where we needed to go and never hit like 190 or any of the interstates or anything. And it's just because we've worked and we've traveled all across our area. So traveling is a key aspect to pagans of some sort, whether it be spiritual or like Ian said, if you know, with all the, the virus stuff like that going on, if you can just go to a national park or if you're capable of traveling, go. Because it'll really tell a lot about yourself. And it, it's a, a story in and of itself. Like you were saying with Thor, how many times have you read Thor's uh or about Thor and Loki sauna, you know, where he's coming back or even with uh, the builder that built the gates of Asgard, you know, they waited for Thor to come back. They were biding time for Thor to come back. So it's, it's very important to travel. I think more than some than people really realize, like wandering is a, a very core and big part of the community and the folk in general, because the, the closest Norse pagans to me uh, are about an hour away. Uh, and actually they've moved. So they are about an hour and a half, uh, hour and 45 minutes away now. Um, and I didn't meet them anywhere near me. 
I met them at a gathering. And so wandering is a very, it's a very big part of, I think a bigger part than most people will really realize about the community. And it will, it will definitely uh, increase your connection to, I can definitely see Thor, but, uh, but Odin personally for me, because by the time I got up to Wisconsin after that long journey, oh, the Wanderer vibes were heavy, so heavy. Well, I know um, like many members of this community have made quite perilous journeys, um, you know, sometimes, you know, with flat tires. I mean, we've had numerous flat tires and things like that. Um, I mean, shoot, you know, I went to go film uh, my interview with OC and the Jupiter for Know Your Folk, which came out, uh, I believe, July of last year. Um, and he lived um, in Ohio. So in theory, you're like, oh, that's not too far. But it was about a six hour drive because he was northern Ohio and I live in, in Kentucky. And so... Um, you know, it was a pretty long trip and about Columbus. So about halfway through, we ended up getting a flat tire, um, you know, and it's like at times you might take those as bad signs, but those are just problems along the way. Wondering isn't necessarily the safest thing in the world. I mean, a flat, if all your problems are a flat tire, that's not too bad. Um, but I think that, you know, you become a little bit more self-reliant. Like, yes, we don't necessarily have to stop and make camp and hunt for food and things like that. But at the same time, you know, you really are reliant on yourself. You're going outside your comfort zone. Um, you know, you might have to stop places that you've never been before. I mean, some of my favorite things in the, in the past, even with uh, doing with my family, is when we would take long trips and we would see small towns and we're like, oh, let's just go check it out. And we would go to these small towns and like just walk around downtown. You know, they'd always have like cute little shops. We'd have sometimes get some really good food, find some nice little novelty items. Um, so even just in like the small family aspect, I think, you know, just going to the next town over, two towns over and seeing what you find. I mean, this is something that people haven't always been able to do. I would say, you know, in the last I mean, really since the car. I mean, the car has allowed us to make these short day trips and have, have no problem doing them. I mean, sure, a horse and buggy and things like that made it a little easier, but your radius still wasn't very big. So, I mean, you know, say what you will about cars and the environment and all those things, but they have allowed us to travel so much more, especially here in the United States, where we have a horrible train system and it doesn't really exist. Um, so cars are very necessary, um, but also they, they give us so much more freedom. Um, we were actually talking about bicycles before um, this podcast started and uh, how I actually didn't learn to ride a bicycle until I was 16. Uh, it's totally my dad's fault. He just gave up on me. <laughs> he only let me fall like three times. He's like, eh, we're going to give this up. But I eventually did learn, uh, my uncle taught me when he learned that I did, couldn't ride a bicycle. Um, and, you know, I actually didn't have a car at the time and I learned the value of freedom. You know, all of a sudden my, you know, hour walk to my friend's house became a 20 minute bike ride. All of a sudden I could travel further, like my radius grew. And of course, as soon as you get a car that radius grows even more than you know you get a car that's reliable that radius you know expands so much further why not explore it you know we have majority of americans own a car why not use that as to our advantage and travel ways that our ancestors never could yeah that's a that's a really good point because yeah if you look at it like what you were saying you know even yeah like horses were a big help but you had such a small radius because not only are you you know the horse because you're on a, a living creature at that point you know like you're not just depending on your own ability to mentally and physically travel like we have with a car you know like i did my i did 14 two different treks of 14 hours straight you know a horse you know could do something like that though that a horse would have been exhausted obviously you can doing that on a bike would have been insanity you know because that is more of your physical uh you know self putting in that effort and things like that so yeah it is I feel like, yeah, in the time that we are in right now, it is a lot easier to do said wanderings like this. And like what you were saying, Jacob, you know, once you get like an even more reliable car, like I didn't stop at any hotels at all because my car is luckily like big enough to, uh, I had, you know, like a caravan style setup in the back. I had a, a pad, a camping pad that I laid down and I had a sleeping bag and I brought one of my pillows from home and a blanket, you know, that was warm enough because it did get cold at night in all the states that I was traveling. And yeah, it was, you know, I was able to just pull off to the side or pull off into a campsite or, you know, et cetera. And I was just able to comfortably and reliably sleep and not have to really worry about depending on others or other things to really, you know, make sure that I was in a safe spot or a comfortable spot. I was 100% reliable on myself. As someone that used to work in the car business and as someone that has now owned, I think four different cars, um, two of which have been you know, brand new cars, don't buy a sedan, buy a hatchback. They are so much more useful. 
This has been your PSA from Jacob. He used to work at a car lot. One, it holds value better. Two, it's easier to move. And three, it doesn't really change your gas mileage that much, even if you go to a hatchback sedan or if you go to a crossover, and then you can sleep in the back of your car. It's amazing. Thank you for listening to this PSA. Or just get a truck. What do you need? Well, that's all you need. That's all. I was, that's what I was getting ready to say. It's like, just get a truck and put a camper top over the back of it, throw a mattress in it. You're good, man. You're good. And like, <laughs> like That solves all your problems. Get a four-wheel drive truck. You can go anywhere. If you actually care for the environment like I do, don't buy a truck. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Sorry. Got my get on, boys. Make fun of me. Stuff. Make fun of me. Stuff. Bring it on. <laughs> Make fun of the hipster? That's too easy. But I will say, Ian, you look at the weather for the places you were going, but you couldn't look at a map whenever we were going to go to Kentucky. Oh, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was a completely different concept. Well, I mean, and that, the the traveling that I did for the fall gathering was, that was my first big, um, you know, travel like that. Well, I guess technically it was my second from moving from Florida to New Mexico. That was about the same travel but it was a different mindset um, in that situation. But yeah, I mean, it was it, that that situation. It was more of the the destination was what I focused on more so than the journey itself. Uh, you know, like with this situation, it was more about the journey than any of the destinations. Really, you know, like guess there were several places that I had to. Um, you know, I wanted to be or needed to be in that area at a particular time or a particular day. But I mean, for the most part, like I was just, I was just doing my thing. You know, I had no real rush to go anywhere. Um, I could stop, you know, kind of like what Jacob was saying, you know, with the uh, stopping in like a small town, just randomly and seeing what's there. I mean, that's pretty much what it did. And that's how I ended up like in the Ozarks. It was just, oh, hey, I'm close to these locations let's go explore it and spend, you know, a night camped out in a, in a forest, you know, by myself kind of a thing. So you never did come hang out with me again <laughs> on your way back down. Like you I said. know. Yeah. Tennessee was a complete, like I, I was the way that I took, I thought I was going to go through Tennessee again. Um, and yeah, instead it took me up North. And by the time I realized it, I was already like two hours into that drive. I was like, Oh, I have to go like another two hours backwards to get to Tennessee. I was like, oh man. So yeah, I was gonna hang out with you and I was gonna talk to Keenan to get my shield as well. So I still didn't, I didn't get that yet either. So like there's there's more journeys to be had for sure. Yeah, has to hit the road again. Okay, I'm just gonna put my PSA out there, Ian, uh, because you you did this, several other people did this. Don't rely on just a GPS, go buy an Atlas, buy a map, you can look at the roads and stuff and jacob has been on this big tangent about technology and then y'all still y'all use y'all's gps y'all can't look at a map and tell where y'all are going or you can put your gps on just audio only it makes it a little bit better you know then you're not looking at the map the whole time and you're just like looking for roads i think that's a nice step and then you're like oh i gotta take exit 77 and get on highway 22 makes it makes it a little better you can plan all that out before if you know the road you're going to take. Apparently, this episode is sponsored by MapQuest. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, dude, like, this is one of the first things that I did learn from my dad and my uncle, because, like, my uncle, he doesn't still use Atlas. He doesn't use GPS at all. That was literally the point of the digital minimalism video where I was like, some things are more convenient now, like maps. And then I was driving through downtown Lexington with a map, like blocking the car to make my point. <laughs> you don't do it while you're driving. You sit there, you look at the map. What? You know, that is wait. so inefficient. No, it's not. Not if you have a good memory. But anyway, we're kind of getting off track. Longer. Yeah, but I mean, that's again, the beauty of a podcast is it gives us more time for tangents. Um, so one thing I did want to talk about as far as the wandering aspect um, is the um, like just the lessons of the have them all that you can learn within. Um, one of which for me that has always stuck with me is, you know, the, the, the hospitality aspect. Like if you do end up staying with someone on the road, if you do, I mean, even in a hotel, a bed and breakfast with a friend, um, you know, always, you know, repay gifts with gifts, kindness with kindness, um, you know, 
you know, be a good, be a good host, be a good, you know, hospitable person. I mean, like, you know, Ian came to stay with me. I mean, I made sure, you know, it's like in the blood of, I feel like Norse paganism, but also within myself to be a, a, a good host, you know, cook meals for them, make sure they have everything they need. Um, but then, you know, on Ian's side, you know, he didn't make a mess, you know, he was a very good guest. Um, and that makes, it, it is that exchange of, of wonderfulness, of hospitality, where it's like, I would love to have Ian come stay back with me, you know, stay with me another couple of days while he's on the road. And I'm sure he would love to come stay with me because I, I fed him good and I actually do know how to cook. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, a good, like, I was thinking the same thing along that topic because, yeah, like you were saying, <clears throat> you know, repay hospitality with hospitality. Yeah, like I, yeah, exactly. I took care of the space that, you know, you provided with me and the same with, you know, everybody else that I ended up staying with. Um, you know, it was, it was, that exchange and return of, of, of that hospitality for hospitality. And, you know, and by the time we left, you know, we went to that bookstore and I gave you that, that book on safe churches, you know, and things like that. It was just, I feel like a lot more people, I feel like a lot of people have kind of lost that aspect to a certain degree of, you know, just caring about another person's space when staying with them you know i've definitely had people that have a, either lived with me or that have stayed at my house um that you know have left it trashed or you know they're just messy people by nature and that you know they don't really care about another person's space um you know and i've seen it done to other people for example but yeah it, it's something that i think needs to come back and like with the gatherings that we put on you know for the most part yeah, it might take a little bit of corralling of the folk that are there to get things cleaned up. But I mean, usually we've left everything far better than it was when we got there to a certain degree. You know, and that's just... Do you hear that Midsummer House? We hate you. We cleaned that place <laughs> so good and you still wanted money from us. Yeah, you know, it, it's, I mean, obviously you're going to have weird situations like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's something that I think needs to be practice a lot more and I think a lot of people need to look within themselves to realize like oh maybe I'm that person that needs to potentially change something up like a little bit of a habit or something like that to just be a better guest slash host depending on the situation that you find yourself in. I have um, in my my time even before paganism uh, one of the things I would always judge um, friends on whether they were good friends or not um, is how much work they were willing to put in. And especially as we people grow apart, you know, obviously I have high school friends, um, college friends, and now pagan friends, but the only friends that I see still being reliable, I mean, obviously they're more new, are the, the friends I made in the pagan community because everyone's so willing to drive far. Everyone's so willing to be good guests, good hosts. Um, you know, I, I know I can call up 20, 30 people and to be like, hey, can I be there in three days? And they'd be like, yeah. And they would have food ready for me in like a bed, but they know they could do the same for, you know, the same with me. But I mean, I have friends from uh, college that I, you know, I, I have quite a few friends in college, especially from art school. And not one of them ever tries to reach out. Not one of them ever wants to make the journey. But if I call them, I'm like, hey, do you mind if I come up for a few days? They're like, oh yeah, that'd be great. Great to see you. And it's like, you don't see that effort on their side. And I think that's, you know, a byproduct of the modern world we live in. Um, Cause I find this to be common across the board is that, you know, generally people aren't willing to put in the effort for relationships anymore, even just friendships or family. Um, and, you know, something that I've learned along the way with, with heathenry in particular, in particularly is with, um, with family and the concept of that and your extended family and what you would do for people you consider that. Um, and it's, it's really made me visit even my own parents more because my parents live about an hour and a half away. Um, and, you know, maybe it's because I'm used to long drives at this point, but it's like, no, they're family. You know, if I have to do that once a week, I would do it. Um, and I really think that's a concept that we are losing very quickly in this modern world. Well, yeah, I mean, look at, look at us now, right now, you know, we're in four different locations strewn across the United States of various distances. And, you know, you have things like FaceTime and Zoom and Skype and et cetera. I mean, even, you know, various forms of social media, it, it, it allows people to connect, but not you know, on a more personal level, as far as like showing up to somebody's house, like, like you were saying, because of this community, I, you know, had a wide range of anybody that, like you said, like I had 20 or so people that I could be like, Hey, I'm passing by and I need to stop because of, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, is there a place for me to stay? And most likely I would have been able to have anywhere to stay across the United States if I really needed to. Um, 
and yeah, it, it's something that I've started to grow used to be, being part of this community and having those people that are practicing more of that hospitality aspect and kind of bringing things back to a uh, just a, a, a real state of community, I feel like, is what it is. Yeah, I, I, can, I can agree with that, Ian, because like I've told you and I've told Jacob and I've told Caleb, and, and that's anybody in the Discord or anybody I know, if y'all are ever in my area, which is probably very rare how far south I am, but if y'all ever are and y'all need a place to stay, you know, <clears throat> y'all are more than welcome. And that's something that, you like you said, that we, we have lost in today's time um, with technology because you can connect, but you don't connect, if that makes any sense. Uh, we, we were talking earlier, you know, kind of like with, with the way kids used to be raised and how it would be like a village type mentality to raise children. Well, and that sense of community is gone. Like how many of us know our neighbors live nearby? Granted, if you're practicing this faith, they probably think you're crazy. But I mean, uh, just different things along that nature where we, we've gone away from the old ways. And I think that's the, one of the beauties of, you know, being a pagan and, and practicing this is bringing these old ways of life back into the modern world of society. We, we have become known as the selfish generation or the selfish nation because you know we have selfies we take pictures of everything we're so connected but we're disconnected from reality well um you know one of my favorite lines i forget where it's from but it's that we have never been more connected but we've also never been so alone and i find that i mean it's so striking because it's something you know especially before i found heathenry and paganism is that I felt so deeply. It's like, I can contact anyone I want. I can download Tinder on my phone, get a date tomorrow. I can find my friends on Facebook from high school, but everything's so fake and so you know, like surface level. Um, those deeper connections don't exist anymore. Like we can contact people from anywhere. I can call, you know, find people in Greenland to talk to right now. Give me five minutes and I can talk to someone in Thailand. But can I get my neighbor to give me a cup of coffee anymore? Can I go to my next door and get a cup of sugar? Like, I don't think we can do that anymore. And people, that's taboo. It's taboo to be a good neighbor. And that is not good. Yeah. Me and you, I was thinking just along the same lines out there. You beat me to it, though. What, the cup of sugar thing? No, the uh, how we're more connected than we ever have been with technology. Um, you know, we can look up anything we want at any instant and get an answer. Um, but we're also, you know, for the most part, dumber than we've ever been as far as common sense goes and being able to, you know, go out and start a fire, being able to live, you know, and survive out in the woods if you, if you had to, instead of being inside with your, you know, in your house with electricity and everything else. Not saying that that's not a good thing that we have electricity and we have heat and everything and all that, but people don't know how to live outside of those parameters anymore. Well, I've always been extremely critical when it comes to, and this is a little bit of tangents from the wandering thing, but like self-reliance, I think is kind of one of the bigger aspects tied into all of this. Um, so I look at my art degree. I have this nice shiny piece of paper that says I have been formally educated an art studio. And so it's like, okay, that's cool and all, but what did I actually gain from that? Because the video work I use now in the Wisdom of Odin, the photography I use in my freelance work, I literally did not learn in college. I learned that by starting my own business and just starting taking pictures. I bought a $400 camera and started getting jobs and lying my ass off before I actually did have enough credibility to just so, show my portfolio. Um, but it's like, that's how I actually learned my career. Now, obviously this isn't true for anyone. Um, obviously this isn't true for everyone, but at the same time, I think back, okay, my college education, I mean, at the end of the day cost me what, $50,000? I mean, for the university I went to, you know, I still got some of that debt following me around, but imagine if I would have invested $50,000 into my own business. Imagine if I took that money and bought a really good camera or, you know, bought a really good camera. I mean, shoot, how much could you do with $50,000 to start your own business? You could, you know, if you wanted to be a photographer, buy a really nice camera, you know, buy, you know, get a really nice website designed, pay for some marketing. And you probably still have cash left over as a, you know, as a, you know, as a piggy bank. And then 
you could start making money right away. You know, you might not be the best at it at first, but you're going to learn along the way. Um, and again, this doesn't apply to everyone. You know, everyone. I want my doctors to go to college, but there's certain things out there, um, you know, especially the creative field, that I think it is a much better thing to just figure it out for yourself. Um, because you're going to learn your own way better. You're not going to let yourself be influenced by others' ideas, and you're going to find your own voice. Uh, and I think that is so important in creative fields, but not for doctors. Doctors still go to college. Yeah, like the, the whole thing of being self-reliant and wondering, like it is a very big part of it because, you know, I was traveling in areas that were completely void for the most part of civilization to a certain degree you know and if something had gone wrong whether it was like my vehicle breaking down or say when i was walking through the woods you know if i had gotten injured and i was literally alone in a in a massive massive forest you know the the chances of me being bound would have been slim to none i mean coyotes and wolves probably would have gotten to me before you know humans would have at that point i mean granted yes there was people that knew where i was at because i had checked in before potentially you know before i lost cell phone service to a certain degree or they had an idea of where i was heading but you know yeah if something like that had happened you know at that point technology was useless to me because my phone didn't work and have a way to google Oh, how to start a fire or what berries and mushrooms and, and et cetera are safe for me to eat you know uh there would have been no way for a, a tow truck or a mechanic to get to me because i wouldn't have been able to contact them if, if my vehicle had broken down you know so it it, it that self-reliance and wandering i feel like is a huge thing and i feel like that's partially why i was so comfortable with doing it because i do have a uh i have skills you know that i have learned over the years almost quoting a movie here um I was about to say the same thing. I have a set of skills. Wait, it's a set of skills. Learned over a very long, <laughs> precise career. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like... I was going to quote it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there are, yeah, there good are. Good luck. Right. I know it's going to sound like I'm, I'm saying this now, but yeah, I have learned various things over my, over my life that if I had been stranded, say, in those, in the woods, I would be okay. I would have been able to survive. I had preemptively packed knowing that okay, the areas that I'm going to are going to potentially be cold down to potential freezing. I had the proper warm clothing if needed. I had emergency like warm clothing for like super cold level stuff. Um, you know, plenty of water, food. You know, I, I had enough uh, tools with me to, if I like a flat tire happened, I could have done that. If minor, you know, things happened to my car, I would potentially be able to fix it to at least get it to a, a civilized point. Um, you know, yeah. And if I was stranded in the woods for days, I would have been able to survive and defend myself if need be of, you know, potential wild animals. Um, you know, it, it, it's something that a lot of people I feel like have kind of forgotten or they just don't care about because of like our creature comforts like zoom and and telephones and et cetera and et cetera because you don't have to travel thousands of miles to go see people or you know even like hundreds of miles to go see people you can literally like you said jacob you can hop on give them five minutes and you can talk to somebody from thailand greenland to russia whatever you know it, it's just a wide range of things that we have now and i think it's caused us to be a little bit lazy and a less self-efficient well i mean look at what just happened in texas i mean they literally got a snow a freak snowstorm out of nowhere and what millions of people lost power and water and all those things for what a week shirt something like that yeah it, it got really bad i mean it was colder in towns in texas than it was in anchorage alaska uh th there's a lot of different problems going on at that point in time some of them are political some of them aren't. Uh, we just weren't properly prepared. And then when we, uh, our governor and all of that, the state wouldn't prepare for it. And whenever it happened, you know, there are millions without power. I mean, I think the death total is over a thousand, somewhere like that, of, of people dead from it, uh, just from us not being prepared. I'm, I was fortunate we never lost power or water or anything like that. But the, uh, my mom and them, they lost water. They had pipes that bust because it got so cold that just the water froze and busted um but that that kind of goes in with the wandering but also in i want to touch back real quick on what you said about like you know you don't have to leave your door for anything and that that's true for anything nowadays look at amazon you any you can buy anything you want on amazon and have it shipped to your house including groceries now 
So it's our our wanderness is dying as a civilization because everything is right at your fingertips. From even movies now with like HBO Max and stuff like that, they're starting to stream movies right to your house. So you no longer have to get up and go to the movie theater if you don't want to. This world scares me sometimes. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, it's, but it's, it's it's crazy that like we're we're getting we're getting to the point where everything's going to be at our fingertips and we'll never have to leave. But that's why we should leave because it's going to get you out of your comfort zone and it's going to test your capabilities uh, and your mindset. And I think that's the crucial aspect of all about wandering, even whether it's for Odin or Thor, but for your spirituality is it gets you out of your comfort zone and sees what you can do by yourself or whoever you're with, with what you're at and where you're going. Yeah, I mean, I think um, a really good example of this, I'm going to try not to use their name so you know who it is, uh, because it is it is a funny story, but it's an uplifting one. Um, so um, I had someone fly in from California, um, from LA specifically, and we went to the gorge, um, you know, it was for a project, and uh, we were hiking around, and this person had not left California, and I think five or six years they hadn't left LA in two and so that all they knew was the LA lifestyle you know like you like we were just saying you know even before you know COVID hit you know you had um uh you know he was only going to three different places he was getting everything delivered to his house he would go to the grocery store the pharmacy and back home and that was it and now he was like yeah that's all I do because he worked from home already even before all of this and so we were out in the middle of the mountains, no cell phone reception, where it was like, we had a contact point where it was like, hey, if you want to contact your loved ones, you do it here before we go in. And so like, that's, that was your, that was how it was. It's how it is out there. And so bringing them out there and we were out there for a few days and it's like, I mean, you could almost see the city getting rushed out of him. He got sick the first day we were there um, because I, I think it was a combination of the, the mountains, the terrain, the windy roads, the fresh air, the cleaner water. I mean, it was like his body was purging it all out. Um, and so for the first day, he was miserable. I mean, undeniably, you know, you could tell he was not having a good time. Um, and anytime we actually tried to hike, you could just see it in his feet that he couldn't adjust to the uneven earth. I mean, it was like he was trying to like not move his feet at all. Like he was walking on sidewalk while going up and down muddy hills. And it's like, I didn't realize how much of a, a skill that is just like our discipline in our own minds is that you learn how to walk on uneven terrain when you hike a lot um, and you know where to step. And this guy did not know how to do that. But by the third day, and when we were finally taking him back to the airport, he was like, this is it. He's like, this is what I needed. He's like, I needed to go outside, go into nature, to travel, to go to a place on the other side of the country, to breathe in fresh air, um, to, you know, stick my hands in water that's not toxic, to see green. He's like, he's like, this is what life's all about. <laughs> like, he was so ecstatic that last day, uh, you know, before he flew back to L.A., and it's like, you know, he went outside his comfort zone. It kind of sucked for him at first. And it might, it's going to suck for you a lot too, if you decide to start breaking your comfort barriers. And I know this is very true for a lot of people that attend gatherings is, that, you know, they're very socially anxious. Um, they're not used to crowds. They're not used to, you know, meeting strangers to such quantity, you know, being in a house with them, sleeping with them, uh, around them and, you know, eating the, the food with them. Um, but usually with that first day, all of a sudden it becomes, wow, this is what we need. This is what life's about. Um, and I think that's what a lot of us has found with uh, paganism, heathenry, is that we're learning that life has has a lot more meaning than we're being shown. Um, and it really takes a wanderer's mindset, or at least one of the best ways to learn that is, is to become a wanderer for a while, even for maybe a week, um, and see what else life has to offer outside of your, your outside of your comfort zone and your, your Amazons and DoorDashes. Oh, yeah, I, like, absolutely. It was, for me, it was having luckily been in an environment where camping and, and that wandering off the trail aspect has been, you know, it was a relatively normal thing. And for me, it was, it was, it was just a, a good reset of, of having that. Cause yeah, like where I'm at, the closest place to any sort of terrain and, and, you know, interesting landscaping for me to wander about is, you know, either two hours to three hours away. Um, you know, and there's, and if I wanted to get to green trees and forest, which is, you know, a very big thing for me, uh, that's almost a four hour drive just to start getting that where I'm at in New Mexico. So yeah, like having gone to that gorge, you know, I was, I was 
instead of telling Jacob that I'm just gonna you're gonna look up look away for a minute and look back and I'm gonna be gone and I'm gonna be living in these woods one day and you're just gonna see me you know Sasquatch style walk behind you like while you're doing a video or something years later you know it it was it was amazing to be in a place so lush with life and away from just the normal you know aspects of what we currently live in and yeah it, it's funny that you mentioned like the the climbing and the walking of uneven terrain I mean I think you said it when we were out there Dick, there was a part where we ended up having to climb that I scaled it with no issue you know and that was just natural instinct for me having done like rock climbing and things like that and having been outside a good portion of my life like it was very easy for me to just be like oh hey let me look at this this little steep rocky outcropping real quick and then I was just you know, climbing up it, granted height helps a lot when I don't have to t make as many steps, but you know, it's, it's things like that, that uh, it just makes wandering and getting out and away and out of, like you said, your comfort zone, just so worth it. Even if it's just a reset, like it was for me. So when I was a child, um, I, I was lucky enough. I, I actually had a, a decent childhood. I'm very, I'm very happy with how I grew up. Um, like I said, I grew up in a relatively small town. Um, you know, never really wanted, needed for anything. Um, but I really had to make my own fun and my own adventures. Um, you know, most of my time between the age of 11 through 17 was spent outside um, in nature, beating each other, my uh, beating my friends up with sticks. Um, and, you know, just running around town, you know, yeah, I did a little bit of graffiti work, you know, uh, we were like find storm drains and climb through it until we got chased out by raccoons and things like that. We had met it. We, we put our money together to buy a little Caesar's pizza to eat it out behind a old dumpster and stuff like that. Like we decided it was just a good childhood. It was a good exploration, a good exploration. And what I'm really beginning to fear and see is that that lifestyle of, you know, getting into trouble, those misadventures is disappearing. Um, so very quickly, um, because I, um, like I mentor, uh, my friend's kid in photography. He's, uh, I started when he was 13, he's 15. Now, um, one of my best friends has a 17 year old brother. Um, and it seems like all they do is play video games. And it's like, I like video games too. I mean, Skyrim came out when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a teenager, I mean, I played Oblivion, Mass Effect. I mean, you know, of course, Skyrim, Dragon Age. I was a huge gamer, but also I spent so much more time outside, um, especially during the summer. You know, video games were really the winter kind of thing. Um, and that is desperately taking over our, our teenagers' lives, our kids' lives. Um, and I don't have kids of my own yet, so maybe I don't have as much of an authority to speak about this. But like I said, you know, mentoring someone, even getting that small glimpse in their life, you know, I took him out to the, the gorge where I go hiking all the time, and he had never been hiking. The first time he hiked, he showed up in his church's best. He had dress shoes on and khakis and like a button down dress shirt. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like very clearly that no one had taken him out on adventures like that. And he wasn't having the same kind of, you know, experiences I had as a kid. And I find this to be sadly becoming more universal um, is even though that entry level wandering is not in our, not in the lives of people anymore. And so obviously when they become a, an adult, they're not going to be adventurous. They're not going to explore um, because in their childhood, they didn't have that. Um, so it, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm excited to have children so I can show them the, you know, these ways of, you know, doing things of going outside, you know, shoot, you know, I don't want to put strict video game limits on it, but it's like, hey, you've been on that game console for two hours. Here's the power cord, go outside, kid, and like walk away. Um, because I, I really do think that that's, it, it's those small steps to lead to a more adventurous life. Um, I mean, by the time I moved out of my house, I was, you know, ghost hunting on the side, you know, just for fun. I was, um, you know, I was really big into exploring abandoned factories for photography. Was it dangerous? Of course, but life is dangerous and we should be allowed to live with a little bit of danger in our lives. And I really think that, you know, wandering, self-reliance, all this wrapped together, it makes us who we are. And, you know, life isn't really worth it without a little bit of risk. Um, and it, it, I think it's very, becoming very clear that um, the world doesn't want us to be risky anymore. Why not? That's because you'll hurt yourself. I mean, look at you talk about video games. Look at the first Legend of Zelda. What does the old man give you? A sword. He's like, here, it's dangerous out there. You're gonna need this. Here's a sword. But you know, that's and that's where we've come to is we, we play we played the video games, we, we look at the media like Vikings, uh, The Last Kingdom, and all these other shows, and we see these heroes. You know, uh, Bilbo Baggins goes, he, he gets ready to throw the ring in, in Mount Doom, spoiler alert. And, uh, you know, and, and 
he just we just lived through these adventures and these stories you know Game Bird, of i'm gonna need you to slow down for my lord of the rings mindset you just said bilbo throws the ring into Mor- uh, mordor um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah yeah, yeah uh, i'm gonna need you to like apologize yeah. 10 lashes and four hail marys nope. <laughs> because if i don't say something someone listening to this podcast is gonna be like hold up these guys oh, aren't nice. serious <laughs> i only i only did that just so i could throw every lord of the Rings. no you didn't off. Yes, no, you I didn't. Did. Yes, I did. Actually, I, my favorite character is Gimli, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Gimli's the only one I like. He's the only character that matters. The dwarfs. No, but I mean, but, bring up a great but, point because I was going to bring up, uh, like in the, many of these conversations, I was going to bring up uh, the fact that we did grow up with things like Skyrim and Oblivion, these adventure games, even Legend of Zelda. Um, you know, this is what we love to play in a video game is this adventure. You know, we don't play video games where we sit in a room. Oh, I mean, oh, those video games exist now um, where you sit in a room and you do things. Um, you know, that's that's what we are doing in our reality. But we want adventure. We want to explore that next peak and find that next dragon stone and, you know, and things like that. That's in our minds and our souls. That's what we want. The problem is we, we get that in different ways now. Right. Well, and that's that's one thing I was going to bring up about D&D. You look at the explosiveness of how popular D&D has gotten in the last few years with things like Critical Role and all those other medias where now you can generate a adventure type with you making your own person being an elf a dwarf orc whatever you want to be uh and then you, you set out on the adventure that someone has created and it, if they're really good they do a good job you know with, with matt mercer obviously everybody knows him he's great dm whatever and, and this is what's substituting the wandering for a lot of people in their lives instead of actually going out on these adventures you know you're not being uh bilbo or frodo or legolas you're not leaving your home you're not taking the steps out to journey out into the world and that's what we're missing i think it does need to be said really quickly i mean obviously we could have said this at any point but obviously we are aware of the global situation right now but obviously we as everyone hopes and as everyone would want to we're obviously talking from a perspective of the world going back to some semblance of normal we're allowed to do these things obviously when we're talking about our wanderings and things like that we do live in the united states in particular usually the states that most of us have lived in um have had very light restrictions and had very little cases um and so therefore you know we've been allowed to travel a little bit more i mean from the start of this you know kentucky was on lockdown but by i mean like june like we open basically back up completely um, besides wearing a mask and things like that so like obviously we, we are aware of the the global situation we're aware that most people a lot of people can't do this right now um, but hopefully you know a year from now when everything's back to normal cross our fingers um, and you, you know someone's listening to this podcast you know this is what we, this is what we should fight for this is the life we want to live is a life of wandering is a life of self-reliance um, because you know like like we've been saying it's very clear that we're beginning to live in a world where they don't want you to be self-reliant anymore um, so hopefully this this stands the test of time in that aspect no i was just gonna say honestly you just got me started right on my thing on the thought right there it's like honestly there's been so many people that have uh, woken up to you know by, to by the gods and everything else uh you know to paganism and through this whole pandemic thing and it's i think it's just made people realize like what do they really want you know what do you want to do you don't want to be forced to, uh, to stay in your house time like yeah you should do that before now you're forced to for the most part you don't want to you want to be out wandering the, uh, the damn woods you want to be out traveling the country you want to be out doing all kinds of stuff and honestly i think it's going to push i think it's going to push more people to be adventurous once all the restrictions do go down than they ever were before whenever they had freedom yeah i, I was going to go along that same line like i feel like after everything is said and done and and you know everything goes to a a state of normal like it was before to a degree it's i feel like you're gonna find a lot more people like you were saying was going out to the woods and wandering and just exploring and not feeling like that the 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 comfort of just staying stagnant in your house is going to be such a disgusting feeling to them that they're going to want to go out and explore nature and and be connected with the land and other people you know again i feel like it's a good opportunity for almost like a resurgence of that strong community bonding because so many people are going to be back out and and exploring and just meeting people that they may have you know not realized to live down the street from them you know for years 
And all of a sudden they come across them and they have something in common or, you know, they form different friendships and, and all these different relationships and things like that. And I feel like that will be a huge explosion of, of, of experiences that will happen, I feel like, at the end of this. Well, I mean, shoot. Um, I have fried Jacob's brain oh my, my gosh. Lord of the Rings mistake. Uh, yeah, yes. you, you really have. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. I just can't believe you did that within in my presence. I just drew a Lord of the Rings map and you're over here pulling That's, this madness. Hey, that is the reason why I was sitting there. I was like, we're going to talk about wandering, <laughs> drawing Tolkien-like maps. Oh I'm going to screw up Lord of the Rings. It's, it's precious, precious IP. So um, actually, I, I do. I actually do remember um, what I was thinking about. So um, so the last thing I actually want to bring up personally before we, I mean, obviously I want us to all have our final points because we are actually getting to the hour mark. Uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up, which is um, a thought I just had while Ian was talking, is one of the lines of the have them all that tells you not to be miserly with your money. I don't have the exact quote, but it basically says like, obviously like you want to have some form of wealth, but do not, you know, hoard it, do not hoard it. And um, we're starting to see that a lot, especially with the super rich is, is this idea of hoarding money. Um, and, you know, personally with me, you know, I have a nest egg, you know, I think it's really, really smart to have a nest egg of some sort. Obviously we have an, we have an overspending problem, um, at least in the lower to middle classes is, you know, you want to buy the next big thing. You want to buy the next iPhone, buy the next Xbox, um, and all these things. But, you know, I think adventures experiences and things like that are more worthy of your time and money. Um, and if you have some extra money set aside, I think it is so important to spend that on experiences because, you know, I hate to say this, but you only live once. And I, I it, it's, you know, a sh you know, crappy thing that that's gotten tied up into this pop culture idea, but that's something that really is in the have them all um, is it talks about, you only get to enjoy the pleasures of Midgard while you're here. And that's one time. So why not enjoy them? And I think that's, you know, something that we're starting to see is as the world begins to open up, I think we're going to see this an incredible burst in travel. Um, I know myself, you know, obviously I'm planning a journey to Germany. Um, I have a trip to Iceland planned. I have a, a trip to Italy planned, Spain planned, um, Australia planned. Um, and it's all just waiting for the world to open up. And, you know, obviously this is expensive and that's not going to happen all at once. But at the same time, it's worth it because I think the experiences we, we have in life, I don't plan on retiring personally. I always plan on doing something I love that, you know, is able to, you know, produce some form of income. Um, I don't really care about a huge retirement. I don't care about having, you know, a million dollars stashed up for when I retire. Um, you know, I might want a little bit, but I think, you know, I, the flaws in the system are beginning to show. Um, you know, if you have a million dollars saved up by the time you retire, maybe you get to retire to Florida and all those things. But realistically, you might you know, that money might just go to a retirement home, might go to the hospitals. The world is designed to take your money. So why not choose how you spend it? Yeah, it's a, I mean, I, I agree with that a lot. I actually just had a conversation with somebody last night because um, I was looking at something that, uh, oh, I thought I was, I thought honestly thought my computer had, had crapped out on me. Luckily it was just, I had a light switch off that went to the outlet, but you know, it was, I said something along the lines of, you know, when I die, like I'm not taking that money with me. So what, you know, what's the point of necessarily holding onto it? And that kind of goes in hand in hand with, with there's things in life that should be experienced. And yeah, we, we've been kind of conditioned or, or put in this mindset of, of making, you know, as much money as possible before you die. And like, that's not what life is about. Life is about it going out and exploring and having experiences, at least in my opinion, that's how it, it should be. You know, I've definitely had my, my years where I have been very, you know, materialistic and, uh, you know, stayed indoors more so with my objects than going out and exploring and, and actually experiencing life more so than just living life is just uh, two different things you know living life is just going to your job going home watching tv whatever playing video games and then repeating like actually experiencing life is the going outside exploring wandering and things like that and and meeting new people and just having genuine you know potentially life-changing experiences you know like coming from this this two-week wandering that i did it has definitely changed my life for the better for sure and it, it's something that i i'm very grateful for that I, I was able to do you know and i understand like as of right now a lot of people can't do that but i'll never forget this journey i mean i, I have a journal that i bought specifically so i could write everything down and the experiences that i had and and everything like that and so that maybe one day i could turn it into like a 
Lord of the Rings-esque story that I could tell to younger generations of like of a, of a good lesson, like, hey, this is things that you can explore and find when you go out of your comfort zone and you explore and, and et cetera. So just as a fun thought experiment, um, just give us like the highlights of what happened to you on your two week journey. Just like okay. quick, you know, don't have to give a specific name yeah. or anything like that. Just like what happened to you, you know, during this trip? Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the, the initial part, it was a 28 hour drive to Virginia, which I said was a member of the community. Um, uh, I was forced to stop somewhere in between Little Rock and Memphis because the mist and fog had gotten so thick it looked like I was like transported into Niflheim itself. Uh, I couldn't see, you know, like semi-trailers are lit up like Christmas trees. I could not see the semi-trailer in front of me. So it forced me to stop and actually take a rest when I didn't want to, but it probably was for the better. And then I was able to continue on to Virginia, um, you know, stay there for a little bit and just had a good connecting uh, experience with that individual. And then the two of us went to West Virginia and to stay with another member of the community in a cabin in the woods in West Virginia, like it was no cell phone service. The only person that was somehow able to get a hold of me was Jacob. I don't know how you did it or what voodoo magic you dropped on me to get connected with me. But yeah, it was a zero cell phone service. The the tiny cabin, it had no running water. The only power was a battery that was hooked up to the light switches. Um, you know, there was a, a propane heater basically. And that was essentially, it was very, very minimalistic. Um, and we were maybe 10 yards away from a, 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 a river that was just flowing like rapids because there was so much ice and snow that had melted just in that time frame that we were there. And yeah, it was a great experience. I met a member of the community that I've been excited to meet, um, you know, for a while. We had them on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say that one's Eric. He's been on the podcast. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Eric was, yeah. Eric, who we had on the podcast a while back, like I've been wanting to meet that man in person for a long time. And, you know, conveniently enough, I was traveling that way. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Once I got to Kentucky, we had the, the small little gathering there. Um, and, you know, that was a, a life-changing experience for me with just on a spiritual level, the, the amount of things that I connected to and, and just reuniting with some of the folk that you know I haven't seen in such a long time like that was that was the biggest part for me I was reconnecting with a lot of people that I haven't seen for a while and that I've desperately wanted to be with um and yeah then the the trip to the Ozarks I mean that was an incredible experience and you saw the gorge don't look past yes oh yep you're right you're right my bad yeah Jacob took me out to the yeah Jacob took me out to the gorge that I want to become a mountain hermit in now uh yeah it was absolutely amazing i haven't seen a place so so green and lush and filled with life and trees like kind of like what you were saying with the individual that came from la you know that air that air was so fresh i mean i I think i've said it to you multiple times when we were out there like i could feel just how cool and crisp and refreshing and just like how heavy that air was it was amazing it was i could feel myself basically being revived from it um you know and then yeah, hanging out with, with Jacob for a few days was awesome. We've, I found a book that was 290 years old at, that, at an old bookstore. Um, you know, so the thing's older than the United States itself. Uh, and then, yeah, the, traveling to the Ozarks was incredible. It was, I saw tons. I've never seen so many hawks and eagles and falcons in my life than on the 12 hour drive from when I left the Ozarks back to New Mexico. Um, you know, we found all the antlers in, in Kentucky. And I always like, I mean, I didn't, unfortunately. I didn't find any of them. So it was, you know, a nice little jab by everybody else to myself and a couple and Jacob and a couple others. But I made the joke of, oh, watch, I will find an entire like skeleton. And when I was in the Ozarks, I did. I found an entire, like almost, well, almost an entire doe skeleton. That right after I made a, a, an offering to the Lampeteer, you know, luckily she was pretty much picked clean because I had to drive like another twelve hours with a with a deer carcass in my back seat. But you know, uh, yeah, it was you know it was just uh, things like that. You know, it was it was a really good experience. You know, it was it felt weird as I was getting closer to quote unquote home because I felt like I was leaving home 
in a sense, you know, home, home is where you make it. <laughs> the last time I asked you for a highlight reel, that was so long. What, here's what I expected, Ian. I expected, <laughs> got lost in the mist, stayed in a cabin with no heat, well, well, bare heat, no electricity, and a frozen toilet. Drove all the way to Kentucky. Saw some spirits in the woods. Saw some pretty cool tree goddess thing. Had a cool ritual with a cool dude. It was a cool time. Went back. Saw a mountain. It was dope. It flooded. There was water everywhere. Mudslide literally stopped us getting back. Oh, and we got stuck in a thunderstorm on the way back from Nashville. We got to go to a meadery and hang out with people. Um, and then, oh, I got lost in the Ozarks. It was pretty dope. Found a deer carcass. Saw a lot of hawks. And then I came home. Look how much easier that was. I don't even live in your life. Hey, I'm a storyteller, man. I'm a storyteller. <laughs> Ian, you forgot the best part where you drove to Mount Mustafar with the elder one and you threw it into the fire. <laughs> oh I'm just gonna try to God. I'm just gonna try you're to, just get trying to you're just trying to piss him off, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just throwing everything at Jacob to see what sticks. I know he's a big Lord of the Rings fan. I don't know about anything else. I, I didn't even acknowledge what you said because it was so wrong. <laughs> No, honestly, <laughs> what I thought you were going to say was you forgot the best part was where you drove through Texas. Oh, no, no, no I drove through. Yeah, he no, he probably Texas only, he, yeah, he only drove to Texas, like the upper part and then left because he's a coward. He didn't like Texas. Uh, uh, no, I'm smart. I'm a smart man. It's not a coward. It's a difference. Texas is brutal. Gentlemen, this Texas is, uh, this is shooing in to be one of our longer podcasts because <laughs> these tangents, but it's great. Uh, I think it's been a good conversation, but I want to give everyone one more round. Is there any last bit of advice you want to share uh, for wandering and self-reliance? Honestly, just when you're able to go out and do it, but plan, you know, you never know what is actually going to happen when you do stuff like that. So be safe or about it. And, or yeah, or don't plan, but make sure that you plan enough to keep yourself alive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Live on the edge. <laughs> You'll be doing all the movie, movie quotes today, so adventure is out there, my friends. <laughs> Maybe we should have done the final round, like, uh, what's your advice for wandering using only movie, movie quotes? I, you know what? I, I'll follow in that, but it's not a movie quote. It's actually a quote from a Native American tribe in Oklahoma that I shared uh, in our podcast chat, it's uh, from the, I'm going to mispronounce the tribe name. And if you are from this tribe, I'm so sorry, but it's the, uh, I will say the Arapo, A-R-A-P-A-H-O trap. Oh, the, the Arapo? Yeah, Arapo. That's it. It says, if you, we wander often, the gift of knowledge will come. And to me, that's like the best way to, to summarize what we're talking about. Do we, do we? Y'all want y'all want a Baker quote? No, no great, no no great experience ever started with well. We could go there, but was one we just stay at the house instead. <laughs> Baker one hundred and one. Hell yeah. Um, but all right, guys. If we have no one thing else, nothing, nothing else. Gentlemen, if we have nothing else, let's go ahead and end this episode. Thank you all very much for sticking through this. I know it's been a wandering episode discussing wandering as we went through many different topics, um, but I actually was really excited. I thought this episode turned out really good. So uh, thank you for sticking with it. Thank you for listening to the Folk Podcast, especially everyone in the Czech Republic. We love you. And I feel like we're going to scare them all away at this point. But um, folk, until next time, if you are interested in being on the Folk Podcast, we're actually discussing it right after this episode. So we do do it once a month where we actually sit through and uh, try to get some a guest on the show. So if you want to be on the show, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, that's all lowercase and we'll review it next month um, and make sure you uh, kind of add in there what you want to talk about it gives us a little bit more idea I mean if you just say hello I would like to be on the podcast we would like to know a little bit more because then that will give us an idea of what we can talk about but please email us there if you have any topics as well um, but otherwise thank you so much for listening and until the hall skull skull, skull.